0: I just spent ten hours in After Effects pushing letters around the screen all day, and now I'm going to do a podcast on Captain Marvel, and everyone's going to hate me. Not everyone, I guess. Well, no, really, yeah, probably, maybe. So the big movie this week, uh, I guess, was Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel is a fairly decent movie. I enjoyed some of the effects. A lot of the problem that I had with the movie was just the silliness of it being she has heat, fire, flame coming out of her hands. It's somewhat excusable when it's Tony Stark because he probably supposedly has these little engines in his hands. Right. And uh, it's a stretch, but you can excuse it. But it's tough for me, t- tough for me to, to, to watch this and watch her start flying and stuff like that. And it's driving me. It, it drives me crazy. Some of most of it was cool. I mean, the outfits honestly didn't look too much different than what they're what the, what we wear today. I do know that the, uh, the there was a lot of 90s references. Um, some of them came close to not being true. Um, I thought it was set in 1992 right off the bat for some reason. Not sure why. So when they said one of the characters said that it's um, they just let women into combat. I was like, hey, wait a minute. That didn't happen until like 95, 98. But it was 1995. So there's a lot of the things that yeah, I just mistaken on time. They didn't put it up on the screen anywhere. So if they did, I wouldn't pay attention. They maybe I don't know what it was. But one of the big problems that I had with Captain Marvel was dialogue. You know, the script was okay. This the, the structure was fair. They did all the beats. They did what they needed to do. You know the first person you meet. here's It's the first person you meet in one of these movies is generally the bad guy whenever they're on a team that's off-world and all this other stuff because you know this guy's not a, returning as another character for the most part ever. And so you're like immediately, that's the bad guy. Got it. Uh, it's, it's really not a leap. Sometimes they fool you. But there's really not a leap to get there. One thing that I did have a problem with, though, like I was saying, is the on-the-nose dialogue. Now, on-the-nose dialogue is when some a character is talking about what they're doing. A lot of people take it literally, and it's like, hey, I'm going to eat this sandwich. I love standing in this field of flowers covered in pollen. I really don't like the smell of daffodils. Well, that's great and all. But the number one, one of the number one rules, one of the biggest rules of writing a screenplay or making a movie is making sure that your dialogue isn't on the nose. So to do that in these situations, you wouldn't have them say, hey, I'm eating a sandwich. You would just show them eat a sandwich. If they're hungry, you would just have them, you know, gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. My my stomach is growling, you know. That's as close as you can get. And still that's on the nose as well, because my stomach is growling. I mean, come on. How would you show somebody's hungry? It depends on the character, but don't say it. Don't have the character just stop a conversation and say, I've got to get something to eat. Unless it's a joke. I mean, if it's just funny, if it serves a purpose, forwards the script, that's okay. But one of the one of the the scenes in Captain Marvel, Samuel Jackson, I believe it was, was in a car and he's chasing. Captain Marvel down the street and they're about to go into a tunnel and he goes, is that a tunnel or are we going in a tunnel? And no, that's not a, that's not an impersonation. That's just me being stupid anyway. But that's, that's the most on the, on, that's the most on the nose dialogue I have heard in years from a movie that has a budget this big. All they had to do, I, I I don't even understand. They could have given it to me. I would have found that and changed it and made it work. Just me alone. Just give me 10 grand and I'll fix all that on the nose dialogue. It had no reason for it to be in the script. The the high-end screenwriters that are that are getting paid big bucks to write this story. It makes no sense at all to me how Hollywood, one, bought the script, let it get through get through probably 10 rewrites, and then go to Marvel, who approves it, and back to the studio, to the director, and back through the actors. And no one said, maybe we shouldn't be going around saying we're going through tunnels and eating sandwiches because that's on the nose dialogue. Now, one thing I think on the nose dialogue is a little broader than that. A lot of people say it's just holds to that. I believe on the nose dialogue can apply to any dialogue that states the theme directly or states the 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 growth of the character directly. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have the girl yell at Jim. Jim, I hate you because you're such a prick, right? He needs to quit being a prick if he wants to continue in his growth through the story, right? But Jim shouldn't go around and say, you know what, I really wish I could stop being a prick, you know? And the reason for that is because it's on the nose. It's telling you the story. You mean, it's just outright telling you. What you do is you show it. Uh, and novels are a little bit different. You get into a novel situation and I'm not a novelist. I'm not an expert on that. Barely an expert on screenwriting. But you get into the novel situation and it's completely different. But in a screenplay, what you want to do is you want to make sure that it's in the description. Uh, if you need something that that needs to happen, for example, you need them to be in a field of daffodils because later the main character needs to take a bath in daffodils then that's when you explain it in the action. You don't actually, you, you, you don't have the characters walk onto the field of daffodils and go, this is a beautiful field of daffodils, right? It just kills the story. People go, really? Think about that. Do you, the, the last time you saw that happen, what did you think about it? When's the last movie you saw that happen? Well, I can tell you, you and go watch uh, Captain Marvel and you'll definitely see that because they do it. He says, I'm going into a tunnel Yes, you're going into, t- don't tell me there's a tunnel. I know there's a tunnel, I'm watching the film. So when you do that though too, like I said, there's bigger, I think on the nose dialogue, I believe non the nose dialogue is bigger than that. When you're talking about the premise of the film, don't just come out and say the entire theme. Don't give away the end. Everybody already kind of knows where it's going anyway. And the last thing they want to do is have the main character spoil the end of the movie if you don't go through and find that 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 on-the-nose dialogue, your characters are gonna fall flat, and when you submit it to, for example, a script reader, the first thing that they're gonna do is toss that script. They're gonna toss that script because they read probably five to seven of these a week. And you, know, you start get, doing stuff like that, they're, no, I'm not gonna recommend that. Doesn't matter what the premise is. Very rarely is the premise gonna overtake poor writing. Now as a writer and a filmmaker and and just all around uh, creative person that I am, uh, one of the things that I come across a lot of times is uh, criticism. And it seems that many people can't take any criticism of their work. and I want to I just kind of want to talk about that for a minute because the biggest thing that you can do to make your work better is let somebody criticize it. I know it sounds crazy. Absolutely not. But as a screenwriter, once you've got your screenplay done and you've gone over it three or four times and you've had a buddy or something like that look at it and they point things out, you fix your spelling, you make sure your format's correct. Then you save 80 bucks or 150 bucks, depending on who you want to do it, and you send it to someone for coverage. Let someone, you pay them to write you like a five page note on what they liked what they didn't like where the problems are if you have on the nose dialogue for example or if you have a plot hole a script i'm writing right now um i in one scene had them say that she's going to graduate in six months and the next uh, the next scene she's already graduated it happens we don't remember all that stuff we're just pounding away at the keyboard But when you get that coverage back, when they give you the notes back, and sometimes it's not good. I mean, we sent off coverage to a guy and it just came back like, oh, we're all going to die from global warming. And people are idiots and everyone has some kind of phobia. And we're like, dude, you didn't give me any notes on my actual script other than you thought it was okay." Uh, it was a bunch of bunch of rambling. So sometimes you do get that. <laughs> it was the craziest thing in the world. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm glad I spent the money to have the guy cover it because now I know never to have him cover it. And it cost me less in the long run because if he's that crazy that he can't even do his job, then okay, fine. I really don't want to use you anymore. It's worth forty bucks to find out your nuts. So yeah, when you get your screenplay done, don't just show it to grandma. Don't show it to your mom. Don't show it to your sister and and expect that. And of course, unless your sister or mom's like some kind of Nobel laureate or something like that, then maybe. But for the rest of us, don't show it to them and expect to get real notes back. These notes are going to be very important to create better dialogue, to create better scenes and situations. They're going to help you find if you're, if you're, uh, script has what uh, one guy called uh, script scoliosis, which uh, it's not really all that nice, is it? He did write that book in the early 2000s, so things have changed a little bit. You got to straighten your spine is what he is getting after. And it's true. You kind of go off on tangents and here and there and you forget about things. You leave things behind in your screenplay um, and you have to go back and find them. You know, sometimes you guys may have a scene in your screenplay that you absolutely love. Oh, my God. God, it's so good. I can't stand it. Well, it's probably not that good, and it probably doesn't forward your story. Most of them don't. Just trying to say what we all already know, but can't believe it applies to me, right? Can't believe it applies to you. Okay. No, it applies to all of us. When you get that coverage back, it stings a little bit. It can sometimes hurt pretty bad, but you got to remember these guys aren't trying to sabotage your script. They're not trying to make you quit screenwriting and go drive a garbage truck. They're actually trying to help you make a better screenplay. And if something smells like a pile of poo, pile of poo, Hmm. Something smells like a pile of crap and you your nose isn't working very well because you've been smelling the daffodils I was talking about earlier all day. Um, then maybe somebody ought to tell you because you really need to fix it, especially if you want to sell something or if you want to make something as a movie maker, as a filmmaker. One of the biggest things that I've come across is leaving in scenes that don't forward the story because you really like the shot you're going to get. Well, if you really like the shot as a filmmaker, if you said this is the gotta be one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I really love it. Well, then work it into your story. Don't just have it as an aside sitting there uh, so you can show off your 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 goods. You know, like a spaceship movie, they make spend a lot of money on these on these CGI spaceships. And instead of doing anything with the story, they spend a minute and a half. Whoosh, 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 ooh, look at the spaceship. Whatever. I don't care about the spaceship. It's not going to make the story resonate or touch me in any way. Even maybe there's a guy out there that just blows his load whenever he sees a spaceship on the on the screen. And that's fine, I guess. But you know what? That's not writing a story. That's just being an exhibitionist, or at least he would be, I guess, if he was in a the theater. And also, when you get that coverage back, you may get it back from a friend. You may ask a friend to to read it and tell you. And if the for the longest time, all I ever got from people when I gave them my stuff and said, watch this or read this and tell me what you think. And it was always, oh, man, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. No one ever told me it was bad. No one ever told me something I did was bad. They still can't tell me what I did was bad because they're scared of me. I'm kind of a mean looking dude, but I'm not, I really don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You could tell me my stuff sucks all day long. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna find why. I'm gonna question the crap out of you or I'm gonna delve into my script and figure out why you thought it sucked and see if I can fix it. Now, here's the thing. Just because one guy hates it Doesn't mean everybody else is going to hate it. So don't always take the criticism and go and fix it every time. It's not an edict, fix this or die. It's an edict of you have a problem with your screenplay and what you need to do is consider how would that change affect your script? Is it something that you're happy with? Is it something you can live with? If you wrote the line, hey, I love standing here in the daffodils, and a guy gave you a a note back that says maybe you should use on-the-nose dialogue about daffodils, probably should fix that. But if you wrote wrote a, a, a story, and your beep story is a woman needs to have, she wants to do this, And it doesn't quite fit with mainstream. It doesn't quite fit with people, the politically correct version of what people think she would want to do, because I can guarantee you there's somebody out there in this world that will empathize with her because they want to do it, too. And but they don't because the world tells them, no, I know it's crazy, but there's like eight billion of us. So, yeah, it does happen. So when you get that kind of note, you have to look at your character, you have to look at your arc and make sure that. It's something that you want your character to do. If you don't believe your character would do that, maybe it's not something that you change. Or maybe you go back and you fix the way it's presented. I've found a lot of times when I get a note from someone, it's more about the way it's been presented than it is the actual thing that happened in the script. And you go back through and you word just, you change a word or you add a line earlier to help explain what's going on. Uh, you know, just in passing, sometimes that's all you need. That's all you need. And it fixes it and you get to keep your character and they now understand what's going on. Sometimes that's all the intricacies that you need to do. But, one of the other things that I, I know about getting coverage is that whenever I give someone criticism, and I'm not exactly a nice, I'm not exactly not blunt, put it that way. When I give someone criticism, you can watch it on their face as they start to get mad, jealous, and rage. Why is that? Well, that's that because it's their baby. Same as with same as with that scene you're trying to shoot because it was so beautiful but it had nothing to do with your story just shoot the scene and go watch it on your TV over and over again but don't put it in your story if it doesn't forward your story if it doesn't help your story don't do it cut it kevin smith cut your cut your baby right but when someone gives you a bad review or something that you don't like something they said about your script that you don't like you say oh, how could you say that about my script oh, it's my stuff well that's fine and, you know, people say that's crap about my stuff all the time. Do I go around and, and scowl at everyone? Well, yes I do, but that's because I have resting asshole face. I can't help it. But I don't actually go out and and tell these people off. I'm never gonna work with you. Don't do that. That is not the way to handle it. The way to handle it is to bite your lip and really consider the criticism. Consider what they're talking about. It could be something as it's not in your face enough or it's too in your face. What the hell does that mean? It could mean a myriad of things, but it depends on the screenplay. If you go back through it with that thought in mind and put yourself in the shoes of the person who read it, especially if you know them, you might be able to figure it out. You might be able to fix it. And hey, who doesn't want a script that works? So I'm Paul G. Newton. You've been listening to me ramble on about a bunch of crap, um, which is important crap, though. It's very important crap. And uh, I really appreciate you stopping by. And I would really appreciate you checking out the website, seeing if there's anything you like to buy or just look at the photographs. Just check out my photography. Don't buy anything. Just linger on the site for three or four minutes. There's actually nothing there that's going to harm you. There's no viruses or bots. (laughs) Should I tell them that? there's nothing that's gonna hurt your computer or anything like that blah 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 of course not it's a freaking website by Squarespace for crying out loud of course it's not gonna hurt you but I would like you to look at my photographs and leave a comment share them and just generally come by and say hi that'd be cool